Radio for Warwick students by Warwick students. Playing the feel-good hits and brightening up your morning. Plus, we have the best gaps, games, and giveaways to freshen up your stagecoach commute. Listen to Raw Breakfast every day from 8 a.m. And welcome back, everyone. Now, we have a very special interview for you guys. We have both Emily and Daisy with us today, who are the co-founders of the hashtag Shame on You Warwick campaign. Now, I'm sure I don't need to explain, and I'm sure all of you will know, hashtag shame on you Warwick is a student-led campaign against sexual violence at Warwick, which gained a significant audience on their Instagram page. 
really wanted to have them here today because not only do they fight for a safer campus for us all, particularly women, but, you know, two magnificent women who took the plunge to start this amazing campaign. Um, I'm sure you guys will know they're also the organisers of the march in November last year to protest uh, for the university to take action against its sexual assault cases. And the march has been described by many to have been the event of the term and some people even say the year. And Emily, Daisy, I must indeed congratulate you both for that amazing march because I went and I truly found it to be incredible. I mean, seeing so many people standing for action was not only heartwarming, but it was very reassuring. So yes, good morning, Daisy and Emily. How are you guys? Good morning. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, our pleasure. And before we get started, uh, we will be having language surrounding sexual offences, but we will not be discussing regarding that just uh, as, a, as a warning. So anyway, enough of me blabbering on. I do way too much of that. Daisy and Emily, tell us about yourselves. Tell us about your course, your year of study. Yeah, um, I'm a first year. I'm doing English with creative writing. Um, I don't, I don't know what else <laughs> you want to know. I kind of started the movement back in November and Daisy and I did not know each other, had never met beforehand. And um, yeah, it's been a really, really amazing way to make friends through organising all of this. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Like Emily and I literally met through um, founding this movement which is really cool. Um, I'm actually a second year so I um, I do English and theatre studies um, but yeah. So I, I was going to ask if you guys were friends beforehand but you already answered that for me. Did you guys, how did this all happen? I mean of course we know that the issue of sexual offences is prevalent at Warwick especially the matter of how the institution itself deals with the issues but was there something in particular that made you both come together and start the campaign? How did it start? I mean, I'm sure you didn't just bump into campus and, hey, do you want to start? Shame on you, Warwick. I mean, oh, maybe you did. How, how did it all happen? It started with um, Warwick Confessions, which has been taken down now, but it was an Instagram account that had, I think, like four or five thousand followers. And people were using it to talk anonymously about like sexual violence that they'd encountered on campus and how kind of powerless they felt around it and how they didn't really feel supported by the university or anything. And, you know, I, I just remember it was about like one in the morning and I was sitting at my desk just looking at these confessions coming in so thick and fast and just thinking to myself, oh my goodness, what's going on? Because obviously I've joined Warwick in the wake of the group chat scandal, which yes. is a whole other thing, but I hadn't expected it to be so prevalent. And I just got in contact with the admin of the account and said, you know, what's going on? What can I do about this? And they said, a few other people have got in contact, like I'll kind of put you all in a group chat so you can talk to each other. And um, that's how it started. We pretty quickly like so the term shame on you Warwick came from the movement in 2018 so we kind of picked that back up again because we knew the media would um, recognize it and we made an Instagram account and we started planning things and we were kind of tossing stuff around going like do we have a march do we you know blah 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 and everything just kind of fell into place like someone contacted us wanting to do graphic design which was amazing and then other people were going um, I'm in contact with this society, I'm exec of this society, like, let me help you. And it all just, honestly, it all kicked off in about 48 hours. It was insane. So, like, Emily summarised it perfectly. Like, it all just came together so quickly. But I think it was just the general consensus. Like, every everyone was just kind of like, we can't stay silent anymore. Like, we, we have to do something. Like, obviously, as a second year as well, like, I 
had the fortune to experience, you know, campus like pre-COVID and stuff and um, like pop, like nights out on campus and certain clubs in Leamington, like you knew if you go there, like you would be like sexually harassed or you would get spiked and stuff like that. And so like there was there was a culture already before, um, you know, the War at Confessions page. But I think that was just kind of like the the trigger for really setting it all off. I mean, I had imagined um, it was from the Warwick Confessions Instagram account because I, I was keeping very up to date and, and everything. But if I'm honest, I thought you guys were friends who who kind of started this and took the initiative. But to know that it was actually a whole group chat and it was a, a whole load of you guys who took the initiative to start Shame on You Warwick actually really surprises me. Um, so from then on, how exactly have you guys organised the committee? So there's you two which I recognize as being the co-founders you said someone got in touch to do graphic design am I correct yeah 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 and then who else is involved in terms of the organization of, of the movement and so forth there's a lot of people involved I mean we've collaborated really closely with members of the SU like Amara the women's officer and Bede the trans officer and um, Tasha from It Happens Here and Layla as well um, collaborated with us at the beginning like there was a lot of people but um I think Daisy and I are definitely tied most closest to the movement and, you know, we kind of run it and everything, but we have collaborated with so many people and especially following the SU elections, that's definitely going to continue because, you know, we endorsed Aman and Naomi who are um, going to be the women's officers. So yeah, like even though it's kind of us that obviously own it and run it, like it's actually a huge network of people all working together, which is really, really cool. No, that's really reassuring to know that so many people care about this issue and are doing everything to to ensure a safer campus for us now you mentioned that shame when you warwick started back in 2018 have you guys been in contact with anyone from the 2018 uh, campaign back in back in the day um so we're like not currently working with anyone who did like you know the 2018 or 2019 campaign but so I'm not sure if um you guys are aware so obviously the group chat scandal happened in 2018 and yes. um, a decision was made actually in February 2019 um of the the fact that um I think two or three of the boys were allowed to come back to campus after only a yeah. year ban or something and because um people had done some of the victims had done years abroad they were going to be on campus with um you know these perpetrators yeah. um so there was a huge march in february 2019 um like all across campus like uh, departments were supporting it and everything and that's when it really got a lot of traction in the news and in the media and that's when the hashtag shame on you wore it got picked up i think one of the victims started using it and it went everywhere on twitter and stuff okay so we just wanted to kind of continue that because i guess it really just feels like yeah they've had an external investigation since the 2018 group chat scandal the uni has tried like they've tried to claim that they have changed things but it really feels like they haven't really and we want to just keep pushing that until we get the change that like we all deserve you know so yeah are you planning on another march as the academic year progresses absolutely it's we had one planned for the beginning of this term which you know went down the toilet after lockdown and everything but yeah. we've kind of got all the planning and all the promotion and stuff in place so we're just waiting for it to be allowed 
Um, the the rights to protest are slightly different from the rights to socialize, so it should be okay. allowed earlier than say concerts or something. Um, but we just kind of have everything on hold, just waiting for a moment where it's allowed, and then we're thinking like term three, a hundred percent. I can't yeah. wait. I, I really can't wait then. And on the Instagram page, you guys mentioned the university are planning to reform the team of sexual advisors. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that Krasak, Krass, not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, Coventry Rape and Sexual Abuse Centre will continue to be a resource for our students. Now, could you tell us the other reforms that are due to take place in March? Yeah, so basically the way it is now, like we have uh, the report and support platform at Warwick and obviously like wellbeing, but there's also an ISVA. So that's an independent sexual violence advisor um, trained in like all the police jargon, like help support victims of sexual violence, like if they want to report to the police and stuff. And she currently works with the university um but she also um works with Crassac, i believe so in march what's happening is i think they're introducing um two or three so there's going to be i think a team of four isvers or um independent sexual violence advisors and domestic violence advisors um so they're going to be on the well-being team and they're going to be employed by the university so they won't be independent um but yeah, I think that's pretty much the only reforms coming in March in terms of um, ISFAs. I can't remember if there's anything else. Em, did you, I'm trying to think, report and support? Um, we've been having, we've been lucky enough to have monthly meetings with report and support. That mean we just kind of, they update us on everything that's going on and everything they're planning on changing. And obviously a lot of it needs to happen over time. So yeah, that's kind of what's going on in the immediate future. But like obviously COVID sets things back a lot. So over the next academic year, probably there's going to be a lot more reform. And in terms of the report and support system, I read on your infographic on your Instagram page that the university promised to meet with you guys monthly. Have they kept with their promise? Um, Yeah. Um, Moment, yeah, we have. We actually had a meeting yesterday with them um, talking about some of the things they want to... put into place and bring out um so a lot just more like advertising for it because I feel like a common consensus around especially among first years is you don't actually know what report and support is you don't know that this university has this platform that you can go to um so yeah and also just reforming report and support itself to make the process like just easier and more beneficial to um the victims yeah no, I have to agree. I, I had no idea about report and support yeah. until your page pointed it out. Um, so definitely, I hope I hope there's a lot more publicity around it and awareness around around the support system. Yeah, definitely. That's what we're hoping. Like just because you know that the platform is there and um, the student liaison officers that work in there, they are really helpful. And I've heard stories of um, victims who have felt really supportive and like yeah we if you have been through something like that we want people to know that you know there is an option there you don't have to just go to well-being but that you know there's also Act. like there is help and support out there you don't have to suffer by yourself um and you mentioned um twitter earlier how important is the use of social media i suppose particularly now with regards to covid in what you do as a campaign so i think honestly this campaign has demonstrated how how powerful social media really is because we have had no 
we have not had a single face-to-face meeting with anyone like every single thing we've done has been online and one of the things that the university has brought up so much as almost like a defense is you know it's so difficult to do things over social media it's so difficult to market properly like we won't be able to fully communicate with everyone until everything's face-to-face and we're kind of sat there going you know it took us about three days and one Instagram account. And at that point, like it was just me logged into it, just literally like screenshotting, screenshotting things and putting them on the story. And then, you know, we had like 500 people all in like in PPE with signs at a march, like in the same place at the same time. Like it's really, really demonstrated how powerful social media is and also how um, kind of willing students are to get on board with things on social media. Like once you make things user friendly, you know, it's so easy to build a following and communicate really efficiently with people. And we've really found that sweet spot where we're like engaging with people and, you know, kind of such a big part of the student body wants to be part of what we're doing. So, yeah, I honestly think like, if anything, this has demonstrated so well how social media can be the key tool in kind of uniting people. And right now you are have a solely based on Instagram. Am I right in saying? Yeah. 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 Are, do you guys have plans in taking this campaign further in, across other social media pages, perhaps, or even a society? We haven't got plans to like expand onto Facebook or anything. A lot of um, work societies do use Facebook, but we found Instagram to be really beneficial. But yeah, I mean, the idea of a society we've been playing around with. So. I guess you know we can see what the future holds like I mean ideally we wouldn't need to make it a society because like the uni would you know take all the action that we've requested them to do but um if we do need to see still like keep fighting then you know potentially yeah and going back to the university have you found the university to be cooperative with you guys pleasantly surprised with them how have you found it to to cooperate with the university working with the university and the student union it's been such a mixed bag I think obviously like you know the university and the student union are two completely separate things and we have definitely encountered some people who are so on board to help so like willing to do their own research and collaborate with us and it's been amazing and on the flip side there have been some people who haven't really understood the full extent of the issue or aren't really that willing to help because they don't you know like it it takes sacrificing some of the university's reputation to acknowledge the extent of the problem and it takes you know I mean I I think Warwick dropped in the rankings after the 2018 scandal and people are very apprehensive about that happening again and you know from our perspective and I'm sure from the perspective of the vast majority of students like our well-being and our safety is so much more important than the rankings or the reputation or anything but to people who are very high up like that's definitely a different story so yeah like while we've had some people who are really really amazing and we feel very comfortable collaborating with them I definitely can't say that for everyone and I'm sure Daisy would agree yeah definitely yeah it's really difficult because like like Em said there's just such a mixed bag you know and I think if everyone was on board we wouldn't be in this position that we are now but I think the the outcome of the 2018 group chat scandal it just still kind of relates today because the group chat scandal kind of basically said you know the way Warwick dealt with it you know we don't really care about our students well-being we care about our name and we care about our reputation in the press and it was only really once um the um 
it like incident garnered press traction that they took action um and like there's a bbc documentary about it like yeah, yeah you can go have a watch it like educate yourself if you need to but um yeah and it just kind of feels that way today to some extent you know just caring about you know the rankings and the reputation rather than the actual well-being of you know all of the students here at warwick um so yeah and how can our listeners actually help the movement in any way to ensure a safe campus uh, for all one of the things that we've been doing is using our social media to um, really give a voice to like resources so we've got so many links and things where people can read about you know exactly what Warwick has to offer and be linked to that but also we've worked with a detective to ensure that all the legal advice so for example how many hours do different parts like do different I don't know what the word is does like DNA sit on your body in like different places for different amounts of time like how long do you have to go to the police what does that process look like what does a forensic exam look like you know it's a really horrible situation to ever find yourself in but you need to know what's going on and that just wasn't information that was being shared so the easiest like you know the thing that we want you to do the most is honestly the easiest like by engaging with us on social media and amplifying those resources and just making sure everything is safe um and you know really just making things reach as many people as possible is honestly the most essential thing. And we've managed to build up a bit of a following, but every single follow, like every single DM that we get, every single like click on the link in our bio is one step further to a safer campus where everyone is on board with the same stuff. So that's honestly, and then, you know, when it, when COVID lessens a little bit, like attending events or marches or whatever, but for right now, like social media is definitely the most important thing. Now, Daisy, you mentioned you were a second year. Yeah, have you noticed a difference between people's attitudes towards this problem at Warwick uh, back then, a year ago when you when you were a fresher, to now, to a year later? Yeah, definitely. Like there is um, definitely a difference. Like I would say, you know, obviously when you could be a student and going out all the time this this culture of sexual violence was kind of taken for granted if that makes any sense like um I'm you know pop the weekly night out like there was a specific place in the copper rooms that if you stood there people joked about like oh that's the gropey section like oh don't let's not stand there like let's stand back like because you knew that you were going to be um sexually harassed or assaulted um and there are a couple of clubs in Leamington um, that there were so many stories of people getting their drink spiked and um, the bouncers actually being like um, sexually harassing p- people and also like inside the club. And I just think it was viewed by a lot of people as kind of being part and parcel of university life, which just yeah. obviously is not okay at all. And then for me, speaking to Emily um, and, you know, the first years on campus, like you didn't really have anything to do. Like, you know, you maybe having like parties in your kitchen or like seeing people around campus, but then there was still like all of these horrific things taking place. And yeah, I think it was just like, okay, wow, people are supposed to be staying in their flats, but this is still happening. Like this just illustrates how big and widespread of a problem um, it is. And I think it definitely a change just in people's attitudes to like the severity of it um, during COVID, I think. And have you found that a lot more people are supportive? Do you think perhaps had you had a March, uh, November, 2019, it would have had a less turnout than November 2020, for example, or? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I feel like if there'd 
been the same trigger of like Warwick Confessions in 2019, I still think there would have been the support because um, at every university in the UK, there is this culture of sexual violence on campus. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I think I wouldn't, I'm not really sure how to answer that one. Like I think, uh, you know, I feel lucky that I associate with people who are supportive of it, but I know that there are some people who do still victim blame, who still don't understand consent, who still don't understand um, that things are wrong. For example, like Layla, when she created the petition, um, there was an interview she did with the tab or the bore. Um, okay. And she said, um, she was speaking to one of her first year flatmates and they were joking about um, like one of the boys had removed a condom when he was sleeping with this girl and they were joking about it. They were laughing. They didn't see that there was a problem with that. Um, but in the court of law, that's known as stealthing. That's that's illegal. Um, so, yeah, I think there's definitely varied attitude on attitudes on campus is what I would say. So not a major contrast. You could say, wow, a lot more pe people are starting to do less of this or less of that. Unfortunately, still still prevails. And I, I don't know if you guys would agree with me, but I feel as if a lot of people are performative. You mm -hmm. know, they'll they'll go to the marches. They'll supposedly advocate against sexual offences, but actually they don't they themselves don't do what they what they're supposedly fighting for. Um I mean, I would, it wouldn't surprise me if those uh, Layla's flatmates themselves said they they supported the campaign, etc. But yet still doing these actions, either because they don't actually realise what they're saying, what they're doing or saying is wrong, which shows and reflects a problem within our society themselves, or it's this performativity. Oh, absolutely. We were actually talking about this the other day. Um, it's quite common with boys. Like you see boys, obviously this is a massive generalisation. This isn't true for everyone, but you see a lot of boys kind of um, not really care about it, like kind of care in the back of their minds or be a little bit concerned. But if they know that a girl is very passionate about it, they will like suddenly be very, very feminist and all over it. And it's, yeah. it's funny. It's funny to see boys kind of like, try and be like more feminist to like get with girls or whatever but it's very sad at the same time because you know that should absolutely not be your motivation but it doesn't just happen in that like it I think yeah I think performativity is such a huge issue and that was one thing that we really really did not want to do at all was kind of shout about it for a few weeks and then just let it die off and go back to our lives or not actually take any real concrete action or not actually communicate with the university like and it just be meaningless like that would not be useful at all and I'm really really glad that we've actually managed to have some like real concrete change be in the works as a result of this. Yeah um, following your page and seeing all these changes and everything you've been doing with the university and the student union I have to say has been very reassuring that it's not just you know another page or another trend that happened and it's died down but it's incredible seeing all of you really making sure like you said there's concrete change and it's a shame of course with lockdown and everything there wasn't another march this term but you're already planning a march for next term so I'm really excited to see what other changes you guys are planning and on that note are there anything major plans that you guys are, are, are planning for for the year ahead 2021? Um, I think the biggest plan is just the march in term three like that 
that's definitely happening when it can um and just a lot of this is like we try to update on our instagram like there was the post about some of the progress that we've been making but a lot of it happens behind closed doors like you know marching is great and everything but then we've got to sit down and have those hard conversations with those that higher up in power um and that's what we're doing with our monthly meetings um with the report and support team and the su and just really trying to push these reforms and these measures and actually you know really making campus like a safer place for all of us so that's really cheesy but like it's it's the behind the scenes yeah um, work that counts um so yeah I also saw on your page that Freshers leaflets weren't actually handed out mm-hmm. um during Freshers week or the, the first initial weeks or, or, or first years coming to university do you guys have any plans um for for when freshers come this this autumn how things could be different for the next incoming freshers yeah oh sorry um you go (laughs) okay i was just gonna say like it's a difficult thing because so the university told us they couldn't give them out because of covid but which meant they couldn't like give us stuff that they've handled or whatever but you know we actually did get given leaflets and worksheets about other things so we had like all the fire safety stuff was given to us by hand um like our rlts like their names and all that information was given to us by hand our masks our thermometers so you know we weren't 100 percent sure on why that had happened but we definitely want to provide as much support for incoming freshers as we can because i mean i've been in their position i am a fresher this year and every year is going to look different from now on with COVID. Like they probably won't have the same experience I've had, but it will definitely still be impacted by COVID to a certain extent. Um, Even if everyone's vaccinated, like the world is just going to look different. So yeah, that's definitely something that is in the forefront of our minds. Yeah. I was just going to add quickly. So with our like report and support meetings, we've been like really pushing um, some online presence, online advertising, and also like physical leaflets for next year. Another big thing. So um, when I was a fresher, I got given a it's almost like a credit card, but it was like um, it had all of campus securities details on it. And I kept it in my wallet um, for like when I would ever need to call campus security in emergency. And unfortunately, there was an emergency and I just pulled it out of my wallet and called them. And we've been pushing this um, kind of it's not just a paper card, like a credit card thing with the report and support um, information and like class I can, um, oh, I can't remember what else, but there's something else on there. Um, and um, I think also like potential police details, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, so people do have those report and support details and who to call, where to go to, like right with them um, all the time. They, they know from the minute they start and they enroll at this university that this is where they can go if and when something happens. Yeah, I think having information um, available, I mean, I'm also a fresher, so having information available to us is so important, so crucial. You know, I walk into my kitchen and there's this massive billboard where I have every single number and details of every single Tom, Dick and Harry of the university. But actually, if I do want to contact Classac or report and support system, it's not on hand for me. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And on the topic of freshers, have you guys had any correspondence from freshers? One of the biggest things that so many freshers are worried about is if I, I think I think by now it's fairly common knowledge that like freshers are not, 
not all of them are completely abiding by the rules. Um, one of the biggest concerns people have is maybe something's happened to them and they want to report it, but they don't want to be fined or get the police involved or get security involved because they know they were somewhere they weren't supposed to be or they were interacting with people who aren't in their bubble. Um, that's been a huge concern. So we've asked the university to explicitly like state that, you know, if you report something to report and support and it happened at a party or somewhere like in a public space, then you won't be fined and like your concerns will be met. Um, obviously, it's such a weird situation because the security and everyone that you're supposed to go to with like security rlt anyone you're supposed to go to if you have concerns about something you've experienced or like sexual violence or anything are also the people who you're kind of quote unquote running away from if you want to be like partying or just yeah. doing anything you're not supposed to so it's created this really weird balance where people feel even more alone in their um experiences because they are so afraid of getting told off or they just can't afford to be fined so yeah that's something that's come up a lot and it's not completely solvable obviously because of covid but yeah any freshers that are listening to this like just know that you won't be fined if you do report something to report and support which happened on like a night out or anything like your safety will be their priority yeah that's really interesting and very important and um, and you mentioned something earlier about freshers, of, of which I am one, um, drinking in kitchens. So obviously clubs, for example, in Leamington and Coventry aren't open and aren't going to be open for the foreseeable future. And I, I wonder if if the absence of clubs where actually people are kind of partying privately, for example, does that actually make the issue of sexual violence worse? Because it kind of kind of makes it buried down, uh, for example. It makes it more private, like at least so obviously like I've been on campus while we had like a little bit of the clubbing experience like even though you had to like sit down in Casbar like you were still there but um it's when it's in your kitchen or in someone else's kitchen there's not really the same threat of more people being there that could potentially see something or like security being there so in a way it makes it better because you are ultimately interacting with less people than you would be normally but on the flip side the interactions you are having are a lot less almost policed I want to say. Yeah definitely and, it, and it's funny because people are kind of partying in in Jack Martin for, for example I mean I'm in Westwood and and you're not allowed to party and no one and no one knows about it and when you, I mean, you mentioned bouncers earlier um sexually harassing bouncers um which kind of makes this horrible um is is, is quite quite perverse really but um i i mean i i personally would imagine that like if parties are all being done privately like surely that would make accountability much more difficult and it would kind of make it much more hard to prove as well if only because these things are all happening with no one really knowing about them absolutely yeah now just to just to finish up our part our interview um emily and daisy you guys have been great but i uh, wanted to ask out of curiosity do you guys have many resources available to students off campus as well you know the second and third years live in the surrounding areas and there's even freshers who live in the surrounding areas um, do you guys offer resources as well to those students off campus? Um, I mean, obviously there's all like online resources and stuff, but one really key resource I'd like to speak about is Crassac. So they're based in Coventry and they are absolutely incredible. So they are um, really well trained in dealing with um, any form of sexual violence and they offer 
a free counseling service so you get um, a counseling service for like six months I believe it is um and you know you'll be supported um to try and you know heal from your trauma so um CRASAC is definitely like an incredible resource especially because it's independent from the university um its helpline is linked in our on our page on one of the resources um so yeah I think that's definitely like the biggest because you don't have to worry about telling the uni or getting the uni involved if that's a concern for you but you can still get the help you need um yeah that's great to know right guys you have been absolutely fantastic thank you so so much we honestly cannot thank you enough um I was very excited to interview both because well you know shame on you Warwick has been incredible it's definitely been the march definitely been the event of the term for me at least and well to meet you both um starting founding um this whole team and campaign that I'm sure will do much much more um as time goes on thank you very much Daisy and Emily thank you so much for having us no absolute pleasure um I also saw that you guys are part of uh, the active bystander intervention course um I'm currently on that at the moment which I think is really great uh, to to really um explain on what to do in certain situations which is uh, fantastic yeah thank you we're really hoping that that can be like a really beneficial resource for students um, in terms of education. So yeah, fingers crossed. Please do follow Shame on You Warwick on their Instagram to keep up to date with everything that they're doing. And uh, I'll be sure to see you all at the March in Term 3. Looking for a bite to eat at the Warwick SU? Daily specials and fine dining experience at the brand new Canopy. Karaoke, pub grub and lager on top at the Dirty Duck. Salad and sarnies to go in the bread oven. Or a latte link up at Curiosity. There's something to suit any taste and any budget. And if you've got a big night ahead of the copper room, start it right at Tea Bar. With speciality cocktails. Best stock prices. And our expertly stocked bar overlooking a piazza. At Warwick SU Outlets, there's something to satisfy every taste. Right, guys, that's all from us today. Thank you so, so much for listening to Wednesday Morning in the Shed, especially because today it was all about celebrating women for Women's Week. Now, I think that's all from me today. Have a lovely morning. Jude, Oscar, care to say uh, good morning to our viewers? Our viewers, listeners, I mean. Listeners, yeah. Um, Well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with... who. I think I'm in, I'm in the chair or next week. You, the, the responsibility falls upon your broad shoulders uh, next week. Um, can, can I just say, Dunya, I mean, that was a fantastic interview that you did. Um, and and you have uh, developed, I suppose, well, actually, to be fair, you didn't develop it because you've always been a good interviewer. But, I mean, it, oh, it, was, a really, it was a really fantastic interview. Um, and, 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 no, I mean, it was really interesting. And, of course, they made some really important points. Um, of course, we, we're posting the social media of uh, shame on Warwick on all of our advertisements everywhere, uh, everywhere online. Uh, it was a really fantastic uh, recording today. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so until next week. Do sign the petition on uh, hashtag shame on you to be part of uh, everything. Until next week, everyone. See you next week and have a lovely day. Until next week. 
Spain.